Hello, and welcome to Farscape Friday, episode 72. I'm Kay, here with my co-host, Taz. Hello. Today we'll be discussing the sixth episode of season four, Natural Election. Let's get started. Welcome back. Here's a quick summary of Natural Election. After John discovers a wormhole, Moya is overtaken by a plant that quickly eats through her metal exterior. The crew struggles to come up with a solution as their personal issues come to a head. So, first of all, I want to send a quick thanks to everybody for being patient with us while we work through some technical issues. They're mostly resolved now, and we are happy to be back with Season 4. And this episode, this episode is my favorite of season four to date. And I think it's one of the strongest of the season overall as well. So the trope we're dealing with is the ship eating plant. And it's borrowed from the best of sci-fi and horror. Really, though, what makes this episode really awesome is is A-plus character work for everybody. You know how we said in Lava's A Many Splendid Thing that it was a harmless episode that didn't really move the characters' personal journeys at all? This episode is like the opposite of that. Yeah, I was going to say that even when I'm doing this summary, it honestly sounds like an episode of the week. You know, like major threat to Moya, plant eating her exterior. They come up with solutions and finally one works and then they all win. But really, when you get at it, it's like the plant is just the framing for all of these other character stuff that's going on. And I'm not going to argue that this isn't a good episode, but this also has a moment in it that like makes me burn with such anger the more I think about it. And I mean, we'll get there. But like, I think that this has been the strongest episode of the season to date so far. Yeah, for sure. There's the plant part and then the episode part really, the character stuff really hangs around Aaron and John's relationship, which as you all know, is one of the strongest things of Farscape. And it's about, you know, we we left them at the end of Promises with Aaron saying she wanted to stay and John being like, well, I'm sure Moya would be happy about that. And she still hasn't told him about the pregnancy and he calls her on it. So it's this very tense place that the two of them are starting at. And you can see that at the beginning of this episode where John is with everyone else on command. Then he's been predicting a wormhole and they're waiting for it to appear. And while this is going on and while they're waiting for it, you see Aaron in the hallway and she's like trying to decide whether or not to walk on to command or not. And you can tell that she's really anxious and nervous about confronting John or talking to him. Yeah, yeah. And that's a good moment for her because up until now, we've really only seen her as very self-assured. You know, like she's been the one that holds all the cards in her hand. Even last episode when John was finally confronting her about her pregnancy, it really was her that got to decide to tell him or not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so this really works for me on a lot of levels because it was showing that she is conflicted about this, that she still has emotions going on under the surface. Yeah. The other stuff that's going on on command is kind of on the more lighthearted side of it, which is that Rigel is captain for the day. (laughs) So so at the end of Promises, Pilot and Moya expressed that they wanted a captain because they're sick of like five different people telling them what to do all the time. So they want one captain who represents the crew. And so right now it's Rigel's turn to be captain. And it's kind of hilarious. (laughs) Because he's like, do we really have to sit here and wait for a wormhole? 
And Dargo's like, well, you know, it's your turn to be captain, but we promised him two hours, so deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hilarious. And I just love, I love on so many levels, Rigel as captain. Because even after the wormhole opens... You know, John's pilot's like, uh, this is a lot closer and a lot bigger than you promised. And John's like, okay, move us back. And Rigel tells, and then Rigel's like, excuse me, we now have a chain of command. And so John's like, okay, fine, you tell him to move us back. And then Rigel takes like 10 times as many words to be like, (laughs) move us backwards. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I also just want to point out, because I thought it was also funny, Dargo has built a new shilikon, his musical instrument, and he's trying to tune it while this is going on. So he's just kind of chilling there, tuning it, and it sounds awful. And you can see Rigel cringing at every bad note that it plays. Well, it is so funny, because when Rigel starts annoying him, Dargo starts playing stuff that's like obviously out of (laughs) tune. It's so funny. And it also, it's a good callback to season one, I think, because Mm -hmm. this is, this really shows the Dargo growth between these two points in the series, in in the series, because in season one, really the first time we saw him playing it was when he was apologizing to Pilot for what they did to him in DNA Mad Scientist, for removing his arm in DNA Mad Scientist. And there it was this really intimate moment of Dargo sharing a part of himself with Pilot. And so now we see that this is no, Dargo no longer considers this that intimate, that he's opened himself up to the whole crew in that way where he's able to share this with them. Yeah, yeah. And let's see, we have Chiana who joins in, and we have Sukozu hanging out on the bridge as well. Or who looks bridge. like she is turned on at every mention of John's <laughs> like scientific prowess. And I'm kind of like, all right, girl, like go take a cold shower. Although there is this hilarious moment where Chiana shows up and she's like, hey, what are we doing? Like, how's it going? And Dargo starts telling her about his instrument. And she's like, no, I was asking about the wormholes. Like, I right, care about right. your instrument. <laughs> And she also asked Dargo at one point if if she if uh, he finds Sokozu as annoying as she does, and he's like, uh, no. <laughs> anyway, so the wormhole thing is kind of the MacGuffin of the episode. It kind of gets them where they need to be for this plant to come attack them. But I want to just mention briefly that this is the first time that John is predicting a wormhole. Mm-hmm. He is smelling it which I think is kind of a really cool way to to have the senses be in play with the wormhole. And he is working on being able to know where and when wormholes are going to appear. And while this first countdown is wrong, you know, it's like another minute or two later that it actually does appear. So he was actually really close to getting it mm-hmm. right. And the, there's some cutaway scenes to Scorpius in his cell who's clearly listening in to this conversation that's going on on the comms about where the wormhole and when the wormhole is appearing. So uh, he is also very interested in John's work going on up in command. Yeah. For someone who claims to be only there to save John, he still (laughs) really wants to know about wormholes. Yeah. And my other question was like, why are they even letting him listen in? Like, does he have a comm? I think it's, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I thought it was maybe over the loudspeaker or something. But like, yeah. but yeah, now that I think about it, everybody is there in command. So why would they need to, you know, let Pipe him in Scorpius. In? Yeah. And yeah. then Aaron, when the wormhole initially doesn't appear, Aaron 
catches John as he's leaving. And she says, okay, let's sit down and have that conversation you want to have. But then the ship shudders and explodes and mm-hmm. they can't see the stars. Yep. And that's, that's it leads us into the credits. So everything we just described was before the credits. Yeah. That's how meaty this episode is, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> All these things we want to talk about right away. Right. So they don't know what's hit them at first. Um, I think early on we have Norianti in the central chamber where she's been cooking, freaking out and saying, like, plant, plant, plant at some point. And her third eye starts glowing. So this is an episode where her third eye comes into play. And it's kind of hard to understand what's going on with her and how she's sensing things with her third eye, but we'll just kind of go with it. So they do figure out that it's a plant. And I love at the beginning how they all just kind of like split up to go check things out. Like Aaron and Tiana are going to go check the corridors and and each tier and John and Dargo are going to go outside and vacuum or at least into the between the inner and outer holes to check out what's going on. So there's like a lot of teaminess at the beginning that I really like. Yeah, it's kind of like everybody knows their place at this point. Everybody knows what they need to be doing. Yeah. So John and Dargo end up getting in their ship when they figure out it's this plant. And meanwhile, Noranti and Sokozu have are playing with the plant. They're trying to figure out what to do with it. Noranti mm-hmm. is boiling it, which is so <laughs> Noranti. It's amazing. And tasting it. Yeah. And she has lots of little lines. So like, oh, this would make a great compliment to several meat dishes and things like that. She's so um, funny. <laughs> but John and Dargo are out in Dargo's ship. And Dargo really likes shooting things, apparently. So. This is like... Oh my gosh, it's got two of the best Dargo lines. They're too short to really like play, no. but you should definitely let's, go let's back. Let's play and... it. Let's play it okay. real quick. Let's It'll listen. be really quick. One last chance. You want to wait for what? So Naranti can tell us how to make a great salad? No. Sea plant, kill plant. That's got to be on the Luxon coat of arms. I don't suppose you have a better idea. No. Well, then hold it steady. And here's the second one. You ready? Mm. What is it? I can't understand! John, I'm gonna tell you something I've never actually put into words before. I love shooting things. <laughs> That's classic. I just love Dargo so much right there. He's got his badass Luxon ship, Lola, and he just loves shooting things. And he's got the calculations right, so he'll just burn through the plant depth and not hit Moya. And he's just like really comfortable and confident with it. And I just love it. I just love when he's like, when John's like, that should be on the Luxon coat of arms, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also that I love shooting things. It's so good because it's like the setup is like very Farscape of like two people being able to tell each other something they've never told anybody before. And the payoff is so good because it's like, I love shooting things. And you're like, (laughs) of course you do, Dargo. That's completely in character. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. So, um, so yeah, so they end up shooting the plant pretty early on. And there was a little bit of, of Norianti and Sukozu in the kitchen um, 
you know, saying don't shoot. And basically, while the shooting is going on, they figured out that the plant is not going to react very well to being shot at and is actually going to attack Moya faster. So the plant, what it's doing is it's attacking all the metal bits and dissolving mm-hmm. it with acid. And then it gives off a byproduct of like some gas that uh, irritates the eyes and stuff. John likens it to cutting up into an onion. So, you know, so it's got this noxiousness going on. And and so Sukozu and Norianti are like, don't shoot. And of course, they've already shot. So the plant on the ex- exterior has been beaten away. But that's not the last of the plant. Yeah, the plant has now eaten itself into the interior of the ship. And it's kind of in between the hull and the wall. And actually, they send up Chiana to go take a look at it. And she comes back down and she is freaking out. She does not like it. Yeah. She she is it's like it's like she's gone into like the abyss and it's looked back at her. It's like that kind of freak out, you know, into this dark place that shouldn't have all these vines and things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so this is kind of the beginning episode about her, the episode with lots of stuff going on. And in the midst of this, you have you have, you have other things, the character stuff starting to to enter into it. Right. Because you have. Mm-hmm. Aaron is, they got, because the plant is eating into the ship, you have leaks happening, you have fires happening. There's a fire down in Scorpius's room where Sukozu goes to help him out because Sukozu likes Scorpius. And Chiana follows and is like, get out of there, you know, open the door. And Scorpius points out that, look, there's fires all along the, along the hallway. I couldn't have said all of them. Yeah. Well, because Sukozu went down there, opened the door, and then didn't like keep Scorpius under gun. You know, yeah. and like yeah. that's what's setting off Chiana. But it is kind of like one of those emergency situations of like, what more could Scorpius be doing? The ship is already falling apart. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and honestly, Sokoza's point is like, you're on a ship. You do not want to have a fire on a ship where it's going to eat all your oxygen. Like, that's legit. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the leaks, though, actually ends up having or one of the leaks, though, actually ends up bringing to a head this Aaron pregnancy thing. Because when you're pregnant, you have to be a lot more careful about what you do with your own body because the little baby that's forming inside of you is, you know, a lot more delicate. Yeah. So she's on a tier and there's a leak in front of her and Shiana shows up watching her wondering why she's not fixing the leak. Leak? Skull and vapor return duct. Can linger in your bloodstream. never stopped you before yeah well this time i'm pregnant before or after you left moya before just quite enough hmm. nice what he doesn't know is that it may not be his You, you, you mean the other Crichton? Somebody, somebody else. Possibly. I only found out on the command carrier, and I haven't had it DNA tested yet. Your life is. Is so much more interesting than mine. 
can I trust you? Yeah. Don't want you to tell John. No way. Never, never. That's that's your speech. Come here. I almost want to play this with the next one that comes because I think that my feelings are really conflated because initially mm-hmm. when I heard this quote, it was like a breath of fresh air because this is a show that does not do female relationships at all. You mm-hmm. know, we had some with Zan, but Zan's dead now and it just doesn't do women talking to women about women things. Mm-hmm. This isn't even a Bechdel test thing. This is just the simple fact that this is a show that is so able to do relationships well. Like you have John and Aaron, you have Dargo and Chiana, you have like really, you know, Sokozu and Scorpius, no spoilers, but you know, or, you know, <laughs> Scorpius and Braca for that matter. You know, it's a, it's a show that does relationships really well, but it also does really good slow burn friendships, you know, like John and Dargo is a really good example of that. Or, you know, Aaron and Dargo for that matter. Like it does mm-hmm. friendships really well too. And yet, they never quite managed to have women be friends or even talk to other women. And so this felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. And even Jewel and Shiana, who, when they say goodbye to each other, are clearly in a much better place. Most of the relationship is fraught, you know, and they're always arguing. And that seems to be the contentious relationship you often see because Shiana and Aaron are often arguing or... You know, in this case, Shiana and Sokozu, that's starting up to be something, too. But it's never, they're never clicking together like you see with some of the other friendships. Or they're never allowed to really show that next phase of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then also, um, I do like here that Erin is beginning to think of the child as, first of all, real. You know, mm-hmm. like she's taking care of herself in a way that she didn't for three seasons now you know she's dove headfirst into danger for three seasons and then now she's kind of really aware of what she's doing to herself you know yeah yeah and it's I also think it's interesting that she did because you know your comment about the lack of female friendship that's one reason that this is kind of surprising that she actually tells Chiana Mm -hmm. you know like the people that Aaron is closest to are John Dargo and Pilot Right. Mm -hmm. And I could see her maybe have telling Zan, but not really Chiana, you know, but then Chiana is right there. There's a reason that she's not stepping in to stop the leak. And then then it's out there. And I could also kind of see, you know, needing to tell someone who isn't John because John is at the heart of all this and part of the problem. Yeah. That she's having, you know, so it's just a really interesting choice. But I do like it a lot that that she does go there. And of course, as you say, it, how you feel about it and how you feel about Aaron and Shiana, that's going to shift throughout the episode because, you know, the whole trust thing. She's like, can I trust you, Chiana, to to keep this secret? Because I don't want to, I want to be able to tell John myself. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. Yeah. And that's that's also important to their own relationship, because like we mentioned in the last episode, John really deals in trust and he really deals in openness and honesty and communication. So Mm -hmm. if this information comes from anyone except from Aaron, then it's already, you know, a breach of trust in John's opinion, you know? Yeah. So let's go ahead and, and, and follow this thread. I think, I think we should do that. 
Um, so later on, we have them still dealing with with the plant. They're going checking tiers. Little stuff is happening. Um, but Chiana and Dargo are checking a tier at one point, And this is the conversation that they have. You know what? I think it's spawning. It's not the only one. You pregnant? Not me. Aaron. Aaron is pregnant. No. Yeah. It's the truth. I swear. Does John know? Oh, yeah. But here's one thing he doesn't know. The knob might not be his. She conceived on talent if it's Crichton's DNA that it's his, is it? Yeah, but it might not be John Crichton's at all. Well, the nose. Good question. Who told you this? Rigel. You can't tell anybody, okay? Hey, come on, he deserves to know. Please swear you won't tell anybody. So, so Chiana immediately goes and tells Dargo at the first opportunity. <laughs> Notice that Dargo did not promise not to tell anybody. And I like that he is, you know, is like, hey, John needs to know this. Why doesn't John know this yet? I'm going to, I'm so angry at Farscape for this. I'm like, I'm like legitimately angry. I've never been this angry at this show before. I've never been angry at the bad episodes because I'm just like, whatever, that's bad TV. But I think that the reason that this infuriates me is because it plays into so many stereotypes about women, number one. It plays into a lot of stereotypes about women. And also because we've seen Chiana have so much character growth. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, this is not the Chiana from season two that was like Rigel's like little everybody i mean she probably still would go stealing with him that's still very in character for her but she's just had so much growth and then i'm like okay so you're gonna allow her to grow but you're not gonna allow her to like form relationship i don't know i get i get mad and then i'm like because it's also sloppy because i'm like there's other ways that it could have been told so kozu could have been around the corner and heard Aaron. The comms could have been on, you know, maybe mm-hmm. the comms were on the fritz because everything is on the fritz and John was getting the audio. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of different ways that this could have gone or Rigel for that <laughs> As matter. Chiana blames him. Yeah. Yeah. Like Rigel could have been the one that Aaron told, but it kind of because it feeds into like the stereotype of like women are gossipy bitches, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, really? Like... Like, I like gossip as much as, like, the next person. And notice I said person there because I know some gossipy men, too. But I'm like, I like gossip as much as the next person. But I'm like, somebody tells you something like that, you keep your lips shut. (laughs) Yeah. At the same time, though, I can kind of see Chiana doing this, especially because it's Dargo and she's been intimate with Dargo. and, And there's, like, the confidence of partners with him, potentially. So... I don't necessarily see it as completely out of character for her. That said, I do wish that that this could have been an opportunity for Aaron and Chiana to really have a meaningful growth in their relationship, and we just don't get it. And that's really disappointing to me about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what's disappointing to me as well, is I'm not saying that Chiana wouldn't do this, but I am kind of saying that I'm like, why? You guys could have taken a different road here. You know, this is yeah. like one of those things where it's like, this is somebody writing this. This isn't 
Chiana is not a real person actually doing this thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Chiana has told Dargo and she has blamed Rigel. And after this is the conversation where Aaron goes up to Chiana and says, Hey, remember when I told you that thing? Can we just forget that I didn't tell you that thing at all? And I don't really want to have told you. (laughs) (laughs) And Chiana's like, wait, what? And you can tell that she's freaking out because clearly she's told Dargo and now Dargo knows. So she's broken that, that chain of that little bubble of trust she had with Aaron. And it's this kind of like moment of like, so Aaron doesn't even trust Chiana to keep the secret or is feeling, you know, out of sorts about having told her and really regrets it. So there's that. And then you have Dargo, who is a good friend to John. And it's like, you know, here's that conversation. So this is much later in the episode. And we'll get back to what's happening with the plant. Uh, but this is much more interesting. John. Yeah. I know Aaron's pregnant. Chiana told me. Chiana. Rigel told her. That's how the whole ship knows. Well, I don't think Moya does, but... Uh... Go ahead. such a good friend he really is i love that there's no question in his mind that john needs to know this and if no one else is going to tell him then he's going to do it you know yeah yeah dargo is like he needs to know this asap and it's one of those things where he knows he can't rely on aaron to tell him because he's she still has not told him right yeah and i just i just love that scene between them because it's i don't know there's this trust between john and dargo that you can act, it feels like you can see it, but it really shows the strengths of John and Dargo's relationship, which we've gotten glimpses of earlier in the episode, but um, as well as you know all the all the past seasons of work that's been done between the two of them. But it really feels like two friends. Hey, I found out this thing that you should know. Take care of yourself because I think you're going to get hurt. It's just really touching that Dargo can see this play out in front of him because he's seen what's come before. You know. Yeah, he knows, like, the whole story. It actually reminds me a lot, now that we're talking of it, of Look at the Princess Dargo, Mm -hmm. where, like, in that episode where everybody kind of had their own agenda, Dargo was, like, literally the only one that was, like, sitting there talking to John, telling him like it was, and the one that was, like, having John's back. Yeah, You know, in in a really fundamental way. And I'm like... That's just like the bedrock of their friendship is these two guys that are like there for each other, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and it's and then you can see all the cracks in John and Aaron's relationship through this conversation too, because it's like John says, "Yeah, I had that thought had occurred to me that the child might not be mine," you know. So it's like mm-hmm. he's been thinking about where what are all the reasons that Aaron could have for not telling me, and the fact that they haven't had this conversation yet, and. To be fair, Aaron did try to initiate the conversation and then the plant thing happened and they just haven't gotten to it. But this is still something that could have happened days, weeks, however much time has passed earlier since she got back in promises, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I think it has been at least a week or two because we had promises and then apparently every other person on the ship got to play captain because we're on Rigel. Because one of Rigel's comments is like, <laughs> when Dargo's like rolling his eyes at Captain Rigel, Rigel's like, hey, everybody else got their turn, and now right. it's my turn. <laughs> Plus, Dargo had time to build a mu- musical instrument. <laughs> yeah. So. So, right. So there's there's this, you could see the cracks in John and Aaron's relationship that are happening, too. And the other thing is that that reminds me a lot of the beginning of the season, where in Crichton Kicks, that was one of the things that, that Crichton was really struggling with that John was really struggling with is is it mine you know is it Crace's is it somebody else's you know why wouldn't you tell me and then he's still struggling with that only now he's struggling with that with not an imaginary Aaron but the Aaron right in front of him oh I hadn't made that connection I really like that yeah yeah you know yeah Yeah, no that's really good so yeah yeah, so it's fraught, and this is and so these conversations happen periodically through the episodes. So this is the the through line that's carrying the emotional weight as they're dealing with the plant. And let's see, where were we with the plant? So the plant is inside the ship. Yep, it's eating metal. Mm-hmm. And we're almost to the point, I think, about this point where pilot gets consumed by the plant like it's not he's not eaten but he's like wrapped up in it and it's like in his mouth and it's it's growing out of his mouth it's so gross it's like the perfect horror trope thing where it's like coming out of every orifice that he has and uh yeah and then also sokozu and norianti at at this point have (laughs) they've been having a hilarious back and forth where like Naraji <laughs> keeps like eating it and like talking about it and Sokozu keeps being like stop putting shit in your mouth <laughs> excuse my French but she keeps being like stop putting things in your mouth yeah. and then um, it's so good and and this is the funny thing because I feel like the the contrast between Sokozu and Naranti is in, in a lot of ways. It's like the difference between Farscape and Star Trek. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's so great. That's so true. Because like on Star Trek, you have a bunch of Sokozu characters. So they're like all scientific. And then on Farscape, you've got an old woman in the kitchen eating it and saying, you know, it kind of tastes like plum blossom tea. <laughs> <laughs> we should cook it with something else. Yeah. Yeah. And... I think also around this point that John and Dargo have their conversation, Scorpius discovers that he repels the plant. Mm -hmm. So whenever he approaches it, it withers away and the roots go away from him and they figure out that there's something in his cooling rods. And so in his cooling rods (laughs) is something that the plant doesn't like. And can I just say how kind of hilarious it is that Scorpius is like a plant repellent? (laughs) It makes sense, though. Because he's so evil. <laughs> oh, 
Scorpius, I love you. But um, <laughs> and it's so funny because at this point, you know, they they take all of his cooling rods and then they literally chain him up so he's like hogtied. And because at this point, Pilot has been consumed and Pilot can't control Moya anymore, they literally just plop Scorpius down right next to Pilot, and so that you know the plant will be repelled from Pilot. Yeah. <laughs> It's so good. And Scorpius is like, this is completely unnecessary. And Aaron's like, yeah, but everybody else thinks that we should do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's that's what's really kind of fun about this episode, too, is you really see how everybody except for Sukozu and maybe Aaron are like completely unanimous in their distress of Scorpius. Because there's also a moment later on. So they've they figured out a distribution system for the for the coolant. Uh, Sukozu has diluted it down and they're putting it in the air filtration system. It's supposed to evaporate and go all through the ship. Then, of course, the plant messes with the uh, with the turbines and the, yeah. with, and the fans in the air filtration system. It crashes. It spills the coolant. It goes down the drain. They have to figure out what the active ingredient is. And so Norianti and Sukozu have been working on that problem and they figure it out. And what Sukozu says, oh, look, you know, it's this element that all Leviathans have. Don't you know what you saw on your own ship? <laughs> Actually, it's so much funnier than that because she's like, it's this this element. And everybody's like, okay. <laughs> and we'll, I guess, so we're all dead. And at this point, Scorpius is like, everybody's dead. And, and you know, Rigel has like, declare actually i don't think rigel has yet declared he might yeah. have because okay. he's like everybody a captain says abandon ship i think that's around that time yeah so sorry we're a little fuzzy on the details of events <laughs> yeah because there's like a lot of stuff that happens in this episode so rigel commands everybody as their captain to abandon ship because they're also now on top of the location of the wormhole you right know. which is going to open again and so, dun, dun, dun. yeah, there's like a time pressure and a plant pressure. There's a lot going on. And so um, Scorpius is like, yeah, this, this Leviathan is dead. I don't know why we're trying to save her. And then Sukosu's like, but we can save her. There's this element. And everybody's like, well, how, do we, how are we going to get that? And she's like, you all are idiots. It is literally <laughs> throughout the entire ship. <laughs> so apparently it's used to absorb radiation that presumably comes from space because cosmic radiation is everywhere so it's like running through the pipes and there's so the plan b is now to release this uh, gas throughout the ship and then have the drds ignite it and then that will kill the plant that's yes. basically the gist of it right okay yes so rigel at this point has been hiding and mm -hmm. Dargo is coming to check on things, and he finds Rigel. I think this is slightly before this part, but we should go back and do it anyway, because it's so great. Yeah, this is actually technically, I think, before Rigel has said abandon ship. Yeah, so he's supposed to be monitoring the airflow when they do the coolant plan, plan A. Or actually, this is probably plan B, because plan A was to shoot the plant. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> the coolant plan. Hardison and dies in plan H. <laughs> <laughs> and so Rigel is full of despair on command you are here what did you respond you're meant to be checking the circulation you do it airflow still functioning John and Aaron are clear to go let's not spill any of this scorpion juice that's all we got got it Rigel 
tough and insufferable. But, uh... It's not your fault. I was captain. Yes, you were, and, uh... Pilot's pilot and wise leviathan, no matter what orders you give, they're not gonna fly into something they can't sense. But this plant, this fungus... Didn't register. Still, I was in charge. There are so many other reasons why you should hate yourself at the moment. <laughs> like sulking, while others are out there risking their lives. Now monitor the airflow. <laughs> oh, I just love that. Even though you have to laugh at Dargo being like, there are so many other reasons you should hate yourself right now. <laughs> yes, yes. But it's like such a good pep talk. It's like, yes, you were captain, but you know, you couldn't have foreseen this outcome. It's like the classic, Rigel's doing that classic hero thing of taking on all the guilt for himself. You know, mm -hmm. it's like I was captain, therefore I must be able to foresee everything. And I wonder if some of that's not, you know, past dominaring being a little bit of part of that, you know, being dominar of 16 billion. People. Actually, I was kind of seeing it as character growth. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because I could not see Rigel dominar the 16th, you know, <laughs> I couldn't see that Rigel blaming himself for this. Yeah, Do you know what I, I mean? could see that. Yeah, it would have I, been someone else's fault. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been Pilot's fault. It would have been Moya's fault. You know, it would have been John's fault for making them stick around the wormhole for so long. You know, it just felt to me like like really good character growth for Rigel that like he actually is taking responsibility for something, you mm -hmm. know? And, he, and the fact that he took being captain seriously too, even if no one else really took him seriously as captain. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, to him, this was important to him. You know, it was important that he do his best. It was important mm -hmm. that he was the one in charge, you know? Yeah. It just yeah. felt different than like, you know, season one, Rigel. Oh, totally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I guess I was trying to see where where that might have come from. And it's like, rulers are usually supposed to be that way, you know? Mm -hmm. so, supposed like, to but honestly I know. <laughs> was Rigel that way I don't know <laughs> I don't know but you know you have these glimpses of him being a good politician and a good negotiator and all mm -hmm. those sorts of things that kind of seem to come out of nowhere so but I really like your idea that that this is where he's come from being with the crew you know mm -hmm. he cares enough about them that he wants to do a good job for them yeah yeah so they figure out after the witch's brew, as John refers to it, has been dumped down the drain. They now have the new plan. Of, plan C. Yeah, plan C, for, uh, where they're going to release this gas and then the DRDs are going to light it up. Yep. But the gas is a little bit radioactive or not a little bit radioactive. It's pretty darn radioactive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it absorbs if it's a, if it's a role is to absorb radiation then that's what it would be releasing back out was kind of my read of it again uh, it's a little bit farscape science so you know whatever radioactivity bad that's the <laughs> bottom line so they have a lot going on at this point because now they also have the wormhole so they need lola to push moya out of the way of the wormhole which is about mm -hmm. to form yeah you have 
people who need to be on the ship to make sure that this gas gets released everywhere and you have right. to and you need somebody up in pilot's den to press the button to make the drds fire since at this point pilot is di- um, incapacitated right so you have chiana whose skin is apparently reflects all radiation and that's why she's white which i thought was a really cool world building fact about nabari mm-hmm. um she and john who chiana puts like SPF a million sunscreen on we'll hand wave that working um (laughs) so the two of them are going to go back to the air filtration system stop it so that they can distribute the The gas the gas without it being purified through the air filtration system and then Aaron currently is the one who's like I volunteered to push the buttons and pilot's done and Scorpius is still there because he is still being plant repellent for pilot and everyone else is piling into Lola So let's play a quote that kind of deals with some other stuff that's going on. We have Solantrum! Solantrum is a toxic absorbing regulator within Moyer's filter system. Pipes of it run all the way through... Okay, okay, we got it already. John, how long to your wormhole? Too far away to tell. But it's coming. All right. 1812. Even spacing, all tiers, no gaps. Cannon set the minimum. Tell all your cousins, come do it. You sure you want to be here? Yep. My skin reflects radiation. We don't tan, but we don't burn either. Aaron? I believe I've set a simple control sequence to fire all DRD simultaneously. All right, come on back. I'll stay and activate, unless you'll agree to trust Scorpius. No! Aaron, one word. Radiation. I can handle it. What about the baby? Volunteers. And so the volunteer ends up being Rigel as the only one who won't die in radiation immediately slash isn't Norianti who can't be trusted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I like that there's a lot going on there, which is that John, even though he's not sure that the child is his and is actually really questioning it since if... Aaron was pretty sure the child was his. She probably would have just gone with, hey, the kid is probably yours. Yeah. So there's like a lot going on there, but he still prioritizes her and the baby. And even Dargo, who isn't Mm -hmm. like, you know, who was just warning John to be careful. Even he is kind of like, okay, we got to. We got to do it. Yeah, we got to do it. We got to protect Aaron and the baby. Yeah. And I love how he just says volunteers because it's a very in charge, confident Dargo way of doing it Mm -hmm. i don't know it's the difference what's really cool about seeing dargo in this episode is you have this contrast with season one dargo who was trying to be in charge and he was trying to be in charge by being loud and shouty and like i am the warrior luxon i should be Mm -hmm. in charge kind of thing that we saw in early episodes of season one and then you have him here where he's just kind of leaning back in his chair and he calmly looks over at everyone who says okay situation i need volunteer go -hmm. do it and they all look at Rigel, and Rigel, because he does is ultimately a team player with his crew, goes and sits in pilot's den with Scorpius. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is it's a great Farscape action-y ending. <laughs> Chiana is holding the fan closed with this, like, pokey thing and then um (laughs) that we've seen before somewhere it's just like a pole of some sort that's jammed to stop the fan from spinning and you have 
what John has like the hose of the stuff he's pulled from the ceiling, so it's mm-hmm. now flooding through the air system. You have the mist going through the uh, the hole of Moya, and then you have the DRDs lighting up with eighteen twelve and charge. So you have this like little army of DRDs, which are really <laughs> cute, and you have. Scorpius who says, "Oh, the radiation is making me stronger." Actually, is- oh my gosh, I have to go- I have to go through this, which is that so Rigel is like <laughs> Rigel looks at Scorpius and Scorpius is like and they're like kind of snipping at each other and then Rigel's like, "You know what? I hope you die first if this doesn't work because then my last moments would be really happy." And then as this as this like radiation starts flooding the ship, Scorpius goes, "It's making me stronger." And he's like, "Maybe." And then Scorpius is like so catty because then he turns to Raj and he's like, "Maybe I'll see you die first. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're yeah. my fave. They're so great. Oh my gosh, the two of them together. So. They're ready to fire. Dargo takes Lola and everyone else out. Aaron's piloting. They're pushing Moya away from the wormhole entrance. Meanwhile, John is like, Rigel, fire up the DRDs. But then Pilot wakes up and grabs Rigel by the throat. And Rigel can't fight off Pilot, who's bigger and stronger, and he can't push the button until Scorpius actually saves the day and whacks Pilot's arm so that he drops Rigel and they get the button pushed. I think he and actually like whacked it off. Like I think it looked Pilot like it lost came off. an arm. Yeah, it might have. He might have. It really happens really fast. And uh, but we that's okay. Pilot's arms grow back as we learned when they chopped <laughs> off the first one. <laughs> so so yeah. So then they 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 take care of the plant. Everything goes off without a hitch, basically. So Plan C for the win. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get out of the way of the wormhole right when the wormhole is opening. I think that's what triggers pilots uh, freaking out pil- freaking out about uh, at Rigel. At the end of the day, everything is okay. Yeah, Noranti's trying to figure out how to cook all of this amazing plant that they now have. <laughs> that probably no one else wants to eat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. We know how hungry the crew can get. Maybe they'll dry it out and store it. <laughs> So everybody's doing the cleanup, and meanwhile, they've had their class election for who is going to be class president slash captain, and it is hilarious because they said (laughs) eight people voted. Um, Right. Moya abstained. Moya abstained, which implies that she did have an opinion, though. She did have, like, a favorite person, which I'm like, I would have liked to hear who Moya's favorite was. <laughs> and so, then and then also they said that Scorpius couldn't have a vote because right, he's they did evil because <laughs> they, they don't like him they didn't give him a vote <laughs> so Rigel got one vote Aaron got one vote Scorpius got one vote the divine eternal got one vote and then Dargo got four votes so Dargo is the new captain I'm pretty sure, I think you and I disagree on this, but so Rigel definitely voted for himself yes. because that's Rigel, but I'm pretty sure Pilot voted for Aaron. Really? Yeah. Because I would. I don't see Dargo voting for himself. I mm. think Dargo voted for Aaron because I don't think Dargo would have voted for himself. See, but I think I'm pretty sure it was, I'm pretty sure it was Pilot because after everybody, after they announced the vote, they flashed to the person who got the vote. And then I think they flashed to the person who voted for them. Uh-huh. And on Aaron's, it flashed to Pilot. Okay. Like, and maybe. So I think it was I, I will accept that as an alternate explanation, but I don't, I still think it's Dargo. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Sakozu, I think, voted for Scorpius. Yes. Because she, she likes him and she's kind of thumbing her nose at everybody. And then the Divine Eternal was obviously Norianti because they spent a long time on her when that comes up. And who else would vote for the Divine Eternal? And San <laughs> wouldn't even vote for the Divine Eternal. <laughs> I'm like, how does Norianti expect the Divine Eternal to run a ship of like people that cannot get along? That's amazing <laughs> to me. So that leaves John and Chiana and... Aaron for sure voting for Dargo and Mm -hmm. either Pilot or Dargo voting for Dargo. Yeah, so let us know who you think. Listeners, (laughs) let us know who you think voted for Aaron if you think it was Dargo or if you think it was Pilot. Yeah. Which I think is a good choice because I think this episode really highlights the good qualities of Dargo as a captain because we got Mm -hmm. to see him come up with a plan to shoot shoot the plant at the beginning and you know so he has like that capability he had the pep talk with Rigel he mm-hmm. had that calm calling for volunteers at the end with uh with Aaron and Rigel so yeah a good showing Dargo yeah yeah and I think that now that John and Dargo's relationship has kind of evened out a little bit to be no longer like oil and water and more just kind of like two friends that like to bicker I'm mm-hmm. like so now they can really come up with plans together you know yeah so yeah, so I, I'm happy with the choices of it. Uh, I am happy with the decision that the crew slash writers of the show made with picking Dargo as captain. <laughs> and then we finally get our John and Aaron conversation. And man, keep your tissues handy for this one. <laughs> so John did have a little joke when they were setting up the coolant rod in the in the airflow chamber. And he's like, hey, so you want to talk now? which is like height of all the tension and all the disaster going on around them. This last conversation actually is when John is cleaning up in there. I didn't want to tell you about the pregnancy until I was sure. Sure you were pregnant or sure who the father was? Chiana will be killed. Yeah, it's Chiana's fault. Why don't you blame her? The There's no distinction in my mind anymore. Okay, now you've confused me. All right. Military campaigns can last for many cycles. Imagine if even a portion of a female unit fell pregnant. Those of us born on a command carrier can retain an embryonic fetus for up to seven cycles. So, this could be from... Perhaps four cycles before I met you. And only a surgeon can release the stasis so the baby can grow. And that's why you left? I didn't even make it that far. Aaron. I figure a relationship the kind we're not having. And it's based on trust. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Me too. Because you don't trust me. So I don't know how to trust you. I think I've earned your trust. I would put my life in your hands, but not my heart. 
And that's where it gets left. Yep. Between the two of them. And John leaves Aaron sitting there contemplating his devastating truth bomb that he just dropped on her about trust and how he can't trust her with this Mm -hmm. relationship. I think there's a lot going on there. I think that on the one hand, this is Aaron getting her story straight. This is her telling essentially why she would be hesitant to tell him. Mm-hmm. that she's pregnant also it is kind of a puzzler for me how she would even know she was pregnant if the embryonic fetus was essentially just stored in her body it seems like she wouldn't know until she got a physical but i'm also kind of like whatever farce gave hand wave um and then also i i almost wish i mean i don't know if this is a spoiler but like y'all know who the baby daddy is and at the same time, I'm like, I almost w- wish Farscape had gone in a different direction and been like, how would John deal with the fact that Aaron's been pregnant for four years and it wasn't his baby? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could see that, but I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just like I, I like the idea of subverting the trope like that. But at the same time, I, I really like that the romance story plays out kind of straight, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, yeah, it would have been interesting. Well, I guess that's why they introduce the idea, because I think the world building component of this is how the peacekeepers deal with female soldiers in in campaigns is like they just if they get pregnant, that's okay. Their body will hold it onto it until they need to give birth for filling the ranks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Because procreation is assigned. It is not part of making a family or anything like that and yet recreation is encouraged because biological needs etc etc so i like the world building aspect and i like that this uncertainty is an outgrowth of that because that makes a lot of sense to me Mm -hmm. and at the same time there's like there's two parts of me about this conversation like on the one hand i think that aaron it's her body and her child and she does get the right to to figure out what she's going to do about it on her own with before she has to talk to John about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that is legit. And I kind of, that's where I'm a little bit mad at Norianti for telling John, Ooh, you know, yeah. cause it, it kind of, it takes that control away from Aaron. And then it sets up this situation where John's mad at her cause she didn't tell him, which is a legit thing to be mad about. If you're the guy, like I, I get that. But at the same time, she's working through stuff at the same time and hasn't had a chance to really get her feet under her with the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Now that said, that doesn't mean she's handled it well since they've been reunited. You know, she's been stalling. She's not been having the conversation. She's been avoiding. And now that the situation has been forced, then it's like, Aaron, you got to step up and actually have this conversation. Yeah. Well, and in Noranti's defense, she did not intend for John to actually know What she implanted in John was this subliminal message of, hey, you and Aaron just had a really, really rough breakup. But when she comes back, you need to be forgiving with her because she has more going on than you realize. She is pregnant. Right. That was all Noranti's intention. And it's only because of Harvey that this whole situation actually exists. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's only because Harvey was trying to buy John's affection, essentially. <laughs> so basically, we're saying it's all Scorpius's fault. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scorpius, no, that's you a, bastard. That's a really good point, too. Yeah. So it's like basically two people in a tough situation that no one wanted to be in, but they're in and they're trying to work through it. And I think 
you know, John is right. He can't trust Aaron with his heart because she has had a really hard time opening up emotionally with him. He's like, you know, the whole look at the princess episodes, he was ready. He was there, but she wasn't. And there was a lot of hard back and forth between the two of them when she was like, you know, I I want you to, to not do this, but I can't tell you that it's because I want you to be mine and not Catralla's, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where she's coming from and she still hasn't i think they've gotten to saying i love you and then she had the setback of losing john and she hasn't had that intimacy with this john so there's this it's just a mess it's just a really really big messy emotional tangle they've gotten themselves into yeah i think a mess is a really good way of describing it (laughs) which is great for drama yeah (laughs) super great for drama and not really great for my heart (laughs) yeah yeah, so what would you give this episode? Oh, I like this episode a lot. I'd give it a four, like a happy four. Yeah, I would easily give this one a four or four and a half almost. Yeah, like I could go as high as a four and a half too. I mean, it's it's so good on the emotional level. And I think the plant part is just, it's, you know, it's a, it's a monster of the week, but it's a good one. And I like what they do with it. And everybody kind of gets to have a little bit of moment, a little bit of a moment. So... That's always good when they're when everyone seems to play a role in the episode of solving it for the mm-hmm. monster of the week side. Oh yeah, that's a really good point of kind of everybody having a piece of it, you know. Yeah. Let's see. In wardrobe watch, pretty much the only different outfit is that everybody's wearing face masks for a while because of the secretions of the plant and then also John and Aaron are in the same suits that they were in in the Budong episode. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the peacekeeper EVA suit and so mm-hmm. it's like black with like white stripes on it so you can see people in the blackness of space <laughs> reflectors yeah Chiana's hair looks a little stringy it's like mm-hmm. she hasn't washed it in a while so they're doing something different with her wig um, but everyone else I think is, is fairly the same mm-hmm. and next week we have John Quixote yeah which is a fun one I think some people like it more than others. Um, (laughs) I can't remember if I liked it or not. We are Farscape Friday podcast at Tumblr, Dreamwith, and at gmail.com. We are Farscape Friday on Twitter. So hit us up. Let us know what you thought of natural election. Let us know who you thought should be captain. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that question. That's a good one. I still like Dargo best. (laughs) Yeah, I I still think Dargo is like a good, like, I still think Dargo is a good answer for that one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, either that or someone should write fanfic of everyone else being captain. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would read that. <laughs> A five things plus one fic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be fun. Anyway, uh, if you like our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or other places where we found the podcast. And we 